1: When Raw ends, when it's time to begin It's on the Rewind A Raw with John Pollock and waiting. The eighteen that makes sense of these things We see in the ring every week on TV It's Rewind A Raw for Monday night Download a Tuesday morning from the post-wrestling site It's Rewind A Raw for Monday night On USA Now on the John and Wade Take the mic Hello everybody, welcome to Rewind A Raw Another edition here on a Monday night live In the Zoom Room, I am John Pollock, alongside Wei Ting, and we have Raw to talk about tonight from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The part of everyone's joke tonight on the show. Man, Tulsa just got a destruction from these heels on tonight's show.
0: I mean, to be fair, it's sort of a wrestling thing, right? You know, every town
1: really gets it
0: anytime they run.
1: You think Toledo, Ohio is going to get it next week?
0: If it gets mentioned... We'll I mean that would be the biggest insult of all, wouldn't it? Not being mentioned yeah. at all.
1: I, I, where do you think Toledo ranks? Do you think it's it's above mention or are they just going to be from uh, from the great state of Ohio tonight on Raw? I don't Toledo. know. Does Toledo get mentioned? I'll say no.
0: I feel like Toledo is is might be popular enough. There's some enough recognition there. You think they would look down that much on on Toledo? I think
1: it's borderline. I think it's borderline. It's not like one of hmm. the you know. Ohio has some major cities. It's not a. It's not a Cincinnati. It's not a Cleveland. It's not a Columbus. It's Toledo. Hmm. No offense to the Toledo fans we have out there.
0: I don't even know what state Bye. Toledo's in. Ohio. Toledo's in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So I, well, we'll you know see. what? Maybe maybe that's the indication. We will find out. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. Yeah, not bad. You know, we've been going through definitely a weird weather in Toronto major snowstorm here happening in the city so got my workout in uh shoveling today
1: yeah yeah tomorrow's uh today was uh rather intense tomorrow uh i mean it seems like the snow is let out i still can't see out my window it's just it's just feet of snow that are still covering my window but yeah that was a uh, was a lot of shoveling today yeah yeah uh and,
0: and a lot of um Long drives to work and a lot of people calling in, you know, um, not being able to go to work, I'm sure. So just want to wish everybody safe. And uh, if you're experiencing similar weather patterns, but if you're not, then, hey, enjoy the rest of your week.
1: Yeah. If you're outside of Toronto, if you're listening to us from Honolulu, then don't worry about it. Don't don't sweat it. Yeah. Um, but yes, we have a couple things to go over schedule wise for this week. We are going to be coming back on Tuesday night. It is the first edition of Ask Away for the year 2022. We are going to open up that mailbag way and answer many questions for the Post Wrestling Cafe members.
0: That is correct. Yeah. It's our monthly mailbag so you can go to form.postwrestling.com if you're a patron and go to the feedback section of the form and you could leave a question. And if it's appropriate, we will answer it. And We pretty much answer everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, don't uh we don't like lists. Don't ask us your your top 10 favorite uh dq finishes or we didn't say they'd us. be good
0: answers you know like if you ask a question that that's kind of difficult to answer you're you're probably going to get a man
1: yeah, that's it <laughs> bad response. We, we, we put the effort in of the effort we assume was put into the question so there you go that's uh you and i really know how to sell our shows <laughs> but tune into <laughs> it it's always fun ask away uh wednesday actually tuesday night up next they will be uh it will be Braden and davey uh, we're getting down to crunch time with Davy. When's he off? When's he uh, taking a? When's he I leaving? I believe this country? a week. I believe oh a week God. is what he said. That's too bad. I don't think I'm going to get to see him before he leaves.
0: Well, you can see him via Zoom anytime. I'm sure.
1: I mean, I could. I how could different be on is Zoom that? when he's in the UK, I mean, it's well, not.
0: How, really, how different? I mean, how different is that from what you've you've experienced with him over the past year?
1: Uh, I saw him once. <laughs> One. We went, we, we went out for lunch, he'll probably gonna, be back.
0: Like it'll probably be the same duration that
1: you've could seen be. him last. Yeah, definitely could. Uh, so, so check it out. Uh, up next, live on Tuesday night, they are going to be doing Walter versus Roderick Strong, and Tony D'Angelo is going to be hosting a funeral service for Pete Dunn. Okay, that sounds nice. Yeah, NXT sure. Two <laughs> Wednesday, we will have Rewind to Dynamite uh, coming your way live at ten fifteen Eastern. Thursday way it is the return of the wellness policy that is correct yeah me and Jordan will
0: be back we tentatively have a topic but um I I think I want to kind of leave it you know to maybe Wednesday to announce as Jordan and I maybe firm up firm it up but um yeah it'll be uh as usual Thursday at three o'clock. But the difference is this time, the archive will not be on this particular feed. It'll be on the post wrestling cafe feed, but it'll be free. So simply go to patreon.com slash post wrestling, and you'll be able to find the archive. Or if you're a patron, get it directly sent to your RSS feed.
1: And then rewind to SmackDown is on Friday night, Saturday, a special return of the Rocky Mayavia picture show where Nate Milton will be chatting the fate of the furious with the crew from too fast. Two forever and Benno also joining for this movie review, am I correct with that guest list i
0: I'm actually not sure i I was not hundred percent made aware, but if it is true, I am very excited because I know I I'm mean pretty sure. Nate, Nate and the and the two fast guys are great, but if Benno's involved, I mean the he he from what I understand is a massive fast and furious fan, so um I hope you're right, John. <laughs>
1: Nate tagged him on the tweet, so I don't I don't know what that means. Venom might not be on this. He might be learning about this as we speak. He might not be on this show. I don't know. <laughs> Saturday night, I will be joined by Phil Chertok for the UFC two seventy post show uh with Francis and Ganu taking on Cyril Gone. In fact, I I'm pretty sure Venom will not be on the show now that I think about it. That seems like that that would be a lot of time zones to coordinate.
0: I'm, I'm sure he, they could do it. Are they're you, are chatting you? about
1: the, the fate of the Furious. Maybe Dwayne Johnson's going to be on. I don't know. I have no idea. He might show up <laughs> uh, right after the Manning cast. He's going to come and do Nate's show. And then Sunday, we have Russell Nomics Radio with Brandon and Chris. Uh, for those that are asking uh, for, for the big uh, GCW show that is happening on Sunday night, we are not going to be doing a show that night, but Monday on the new show, we are going to spend pr- pretty much the whole new show talking about the pay-per-view from the night prior, and we'll likely have someone on that was in attendance at the show as well. In fact, uh, yes, John Pine will be on with us on next Monday's show because he's going to the card at the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom, so we will have coverage mm-hmm. of that show uh, Monday uh, on the site Sunday night, and then the two of us will discuss it. Next Monday.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about it on our daily news update. And for those of you who missed out on today's daily news update, it was a pretty big one. We went about 45 minutes talking about all the stories from the weekend, including, of course, the Elimination Chamber being announced for Saudi Arabia, uh, Cody Rhodes' free agency, which might be a big topic throughout the course of the week that we may revisit, Mustafa and Ali, tor- and the Toronto Star. And the Toronto Star. Yeah, who would have thought we'd mention the Toronto Star? Uh, But, of course, also Mustafa Ali, you know, asking for his release. So, a lot of big topics, including Terminus. Some of our thoughts on Terminus. So, it'll be a similar format, you know, for some of these weekend shows where we won't necessarily do full reviews, but we'll give our thoughts. But, John, on the topic of WrestleNomics, while we have this space, I wanted to make mention about some new merch items at store.postwrestling.com. Where, if you go right now, you can see mugs, John. As you take a sip, Russellnomics mugs are now available at store.postwrestling.com featuring, um, I think, I feel like this stuff is made for you, okay? Like, if you ever wanted a quick reference about the US TV rights agreements timelines. Many times when s-
1: I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, when, what is the exact per annum term for raw. And what is the expiration of those rights fees? <laughs> if, if you're simply
0: a fan of the graphical chart work of the artist known as Brandon Thurston, this is absolutely the mug that I think you would want. Um, in, in association with Robert Pearson, of course, the man, the genius himself, who designed so much of our merch, uh, this mug is now available at wrestle, uh, wrestling dot com for $18 plus shipping and handling. So check that out as well for the first time ever, WrestleNomics t-shirts. Yes. First time ever. Also available at startuppostwrestling.com for $25 plus shipping and handling. So support the show if you enjoy the work of Brandon Thurston and Chris Gullo and listen to their show and maybe sport a shirt or a mug.
1: This could be the start of just a whole line of designs for coffee mugs and shirts. I mean, maybe he can get, I don't know what a Python script looks like, but I think it could wrap around a shirt.
0: Just code sure yeah i would I, I mean a shirt with a chart, chart on it i especially charts that look like this absolutely yeah. show buzz is really missing out i think on the yeah. merchandising opportunity
1: Yeah, like an austin 316 shirt and on the back it's his google trends year by year sign me up don't plenty give it all ideas. away John. plenty of ideas that i just have housed up here yeah. uh go check out all of that store.postwrestling.com and of course the daily news show your, your one-stop shop every single day, at, live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, youtube.com slash wrestling. Uh, maybe joined by a guest uh, this this week, an interesting person that uh, I've wanted to chat with for some time. So uh, we will just uh, tease that out there. Uh, but do check it out, 1 Eastern, each day, live on YouTube. And if you want the audio version, subscribe at postwrestlingcafe.com. But our travels take us now to the BOK Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma where we have two shows left until the Royal Rumble and kicking things off way on this Monday night was Becky Lynch to come out and announce that the Raw Women's Division has never been hotter and she is responsible. This this four woman division on Raw it's just hitting new heights. You have you have lived through the Bianca Dewdrop Chronicles. You have sat through failure after failure of Liv Morgan going for this title and now it's time for Dewdrop to do rise at the Royal Rumble way this division loaded loaded.
0: Well, I mean, for those of us wondering, okay, who's go- who's going to be the bigger heel in this feud between Dewdrop and Becky Lynch? I mean, I think the opening statement from Becky Lynch tells you everything you need to know. This is clearly the the most egregious use of heel logic that we've seen when somebody can say that this is the best that the Raw Women's Division has ever been.
1: She her explanation is that the fans were not clamoring for Dewdrop to get this title match, which I would say would probably be true. And Becky is the one responsible for her getting the title match. Again, pretty much true. And Becky says, I make people better and then I beat them. And Dewdrop didn't even make a name for herself. Someone else made a name for her. Which I guess was a veiled reference to the departing Eva Marie. But now Becky has given her a new name. Doodoo. From the makers of Poo Day comes Doodoo.
0: Well, I was going to say, you think she'll join the Poo Day? You think they need a new member? Co-P Kingston?
1: Uh, No, stop it. Uh,
0: (laughs) God. God damn.
1: Yeah. Doodoo. doo. (laughs) Fuck.
0: Well, we like have a bo- snot. <laughs> we have a vomiting character already on Smackdown. So, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're too far off
1: bowel movements. You want to yeah. stay on this, this writing team for life? Just come <laughs> up with like defecation, <laughs> fart jokes, doo <doo-doo>, doo poo day. <laughs>
0: oh That's great. Balls, you know, you, that's all, it's always a favorite balls.
1: Well, out comes doo doo. And she explains she got the title shot for herself. Bianca is out and she tells Becky, You've been calling yourself the GOAT, but you can't spell greatest without EST. That is factual. Becky was scared that Bel Air was going to win last week. So Bel Air announces, I am entering the Royal Rumble and I am going to go to WrestleMania. A much longer road than had she won this match last week. But that is uh, Bianca announcing herself for the Rumble. So Liv Morgan comes out, and she, too, is entering the Rumble and tells Bianca, I'm also the one winning it. Okay. She is also going to win the Royal Rumble. They're both winning the Royal Rumble together. Well, it, we've had that happen, actually. It has happened, so it, it is the not the impossible. And and this year, you could justify it with the, with the two nights, I guess. Dewdrop starts snoring and calls them boring. And she calls for a referee. And yes, Becky and Dewdrop, these hated rivals, they are teaming up to take on Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. So this is our uh, our big division, the big showcase of this women's division. Got it everything was... in here. doo, snoring, <laughs> explanations. Why aboard. didn't they put this in the preview? You know, great I jokes. Don't think, to did did come. they announce anything after we went over, like... How so. will Becky react to her new challenger? This is how she reacted. I Did mean, if you... they
0: don't if they don't announce by one p.m., like who cares? Like, what effect will it have announcing anything? How much interest are you going to drive? You know, in a few hours. Anyway, yeah. whatever. This segment was terrible. It was like about as unimaginative, imagine, unimaginative and generic with forced dialogue as you would expect from these. It's the type of, of opening segment that like a video game could spit out. You know,
1: there, there were some, and maybe this was just me uh, noticing it more than, than most weeks. It's there every week. There were some conversations on this show that were just the most WWE scripted non-humans interacting that you're going to ever get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You figure by now, I mean,
0: obviously they don't consider it a problem because it's been like a decade plus decades of this sort of writing maybe it hasn't been this bad this is like wandavision
1: that's what i'm watching here i'm watching these people interact it's it's like like a bubble universe yeah i want to go to the like to the outskirts of town where it's like am i the only human in here in this totally this wild world of seth freaking (laughs) rollins get into the mind of seth freaking rollins oh no it's seth freaking rollins and the almighty bobby lashley
0: no, it's it's certainly the hex, and then every once in a while you might have somebody who actually sounds natural, who I I suppose might have broken the spell. <laughs> oh, and J- Jimmy just-
1: Smith was like a, a a human, and now he <laughs> has just been completely compromised. This man yeah. has just been like his—he's just wired into yeah. WWE speak now. It's crazy. It's crazy to watch. It's crazy. It is crazy, and
0: I don't. You know, at this point, I'm I'm i I don't think they sense that that it's a problem because I feel like they would have done something about it, and they clearly have not it's just continued the same way and, and you know at this point I'm not even sure if it's the process or if it's the people that they're hiring you know um or if it's oh god i I don't even want to speculate it's a it's a big topic
1: coming up later, Chad Gable and Otis are going to have their graduation ceremony. More on that to come. But first, the tag match. Becky and Dewdrop against Bianca and Liv Morgan. Not very long here. Uh, Morgan hit the double knees, leaping off the rope to Becky. Dewdrop makes the save and avoids the KOD. And then Liv tries for her finisher. And it's avoided by Becky, who just hits the manhandle slam. Dewdrop breaks up Becky's pinfall. So she goes for the cover. But the referee instructs, you're not the legal woman. So she's got to go into the corner where Becky has been laid out. Goes to the apron, tags herself in, and then hits a running splash and pins Liv in two minutes and 50 seconds and finishes it off with Becky taking a bonsai drop.
0: Do you think like the, the pinfall that she did before was part of the plan?
1: I do not think that they mapped this out saying, go for the pin, but forget that you're the illegal woman. That did feel like that was a on-the-fly moment where the referee was not going to count the woman that was not legal. Mm-hmm. Had to, and for for her effort, it's not like she did it so silly where she has tagged herself and pinned her. She did do the running splash to make it look a little less, yeah. uh, which is why
0: I would question whether or not it was intentional, because, I mean, if that was in, indeed a cover up, it, I thought it made it seem pretty seamless. But, you know, that said in, in professional wrestling ending sequences, they typically finish with a bit of a more faster sort of pace rather than sort of that awkward start stop but um whatever it was a brief match pushes do drop into the spotlight I, I you know it's it's a pretty cookie cutter feud week one of this do drop becky thing nothing that we've seen yet i'm sure the match will be good but like the feud is just at least week one not very hot
1: well week one way it's next week's the last show
0: no shit you're right okay <laughs> well got... week one of two
1: <laughs> yeah they've got this is uh we're halfway there Reggie and Dana are in the back hanging out with Edge and Beth. I I couldn't imagine what this conversation would have been like for 10 minutes. And they laugh off Reggie's chances with Omos tonight. And then Beth compliments Dana. And Dana is just the biggest fangirl. She is so happy to get a compliment from Beth Phoenix. And then Edge spots his buddy, Damian Priest. And Damian says hello to the grit couple. This was not ironic either. He just said this is is the Grit Couple. And they just get into old times. And Damien, just casually, like they were out at a bar, uh, brings up the fact that I've got this rageful side that I can't control. (laughs) I get edgy. Huh. They both laugh. This is hysterical shit. This
0: is, like embarrassing.
1: Like this, imagine seeing this script dude, and then I, thinking like you have to say this. My screen is crawling, reciting this. <laughs> it was even watching this human have to like say this. And he asks Edge for advice about winning the Royal Rumble, since Edge was number one last year and won it. Uh, but they are interrupted with a note delivered to Beth Phoenix that Maurice wants to meet Beth in the ring, just the two of them. But they're suspicious. This is a plot. hmm
0: Yeah, what a tease.
1: Kevin Owens then appears, and he tells Damian he wants to have a clean match tonight to show off their technical side. I don't want to see Damian come out, and Owens also has an announcement. And that takes place on The Kevin Owens Show, where Jimmy Smith and Corey Graves are raving about the news that the Elimination Chamber will be in Saudi Arabia at the Jeddah Superdome that they were Googling, and the venue looks amazing. It's pillarless, from what I hear. It's pillarless. The largest pillarless Superdome. Wow. The Superdome.
0: I hate, I mean, anytime I go to a stadium, I'm like,
1: these pillars. It's nice for a stadium with (laughs) pillars. God, anyone could make a work of art with pillars. (laughs) Do it without pillars, okay?
0: (laughs) There you have it. Not even one.
1: Kevin Owens uh, hates Tulsa, but he loves Seth Rollins. And he welcomes out the next Universal Champion, as he is predicting. And they have a discussion. Should we stand or sit? Let's stand. And they destroy the seats. They just knock them over. uh, Kevin puts over Seth for his marvelous attire and the courage to walk onto SmackDown and confront Roman Reigns, stating that he might be the head of the table but Seth, you set the table. And says that when Seth wins the title, he's going to bring it to Raw. Rollins, by the way, was absolutely insufferable during this segment.
0: I mean, is it just me? You know, sometimes I wonder. But um, I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, though, if he is the worst. Because, I mean, there are plenty of candidates on this show. At least, like, he... Man, I don't know if I I don't even know if I could say anything nice to him. But like on this show there are certainly people that I think are were more
1: aggravating
0: than maybe even Seth Rollins.
1: So the idea is Rollins is gonna win this title, bring it to Raw, and then they're gonna get rid of Lesnar and Lashley from this show. Owens announces he's entering the rumble, and Priest comes out calling them delusional idiots. No one believes that Rollins can beat Reigns and suggests. That you two don't wake Damien up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Vera, What's wrong with this? Why did you pause? I'm You're just expecting uh, me to have some remark about it. I wanted some to crazy? just let it
1: sink in that Damien is asleep right now. Don't wake him up. hmm. Vera is still asleep on main event.
0: I think he's screwing with us. I don't even think he's left his apartment. Probably like he's like the guy who like who's like who keeps texting. I'm I'll be there. I'll be there in five minutes. I'm in the cab. Could,
1: couldn't he be then, the <laughs> therapist for Alexa? Why? Just give him a role.
0: Him as the um okay, be Why interesting. Not? Why not? Why can't he be Alexa? Why can't he be the doll?
1: He could be the doll. That's fine.
0: Is that your suggestion, Veer, as the doll? No, it's not. No. Oh. Okay. He's a very decorated athlete who I'm anticipating making his appearance. You know, they really like this is a long-term build for this guy's debut.
1: Kevin Owens and Damian Priest. Uh, they went through a commercial break. Uh, Priest fought back with the broken arrow and then stops a superplex. Owens hits a Swanton. Uh, stunner and Reckoning get blocked, and then Owens hits the pop-up powerbomb. Priest kicks out, and then Owens is selling his knee after taking a chokeslam. The referee is checking on him, but it's all a ruse as he outwits Damian Priest, hitting him with the stunner, and pins Damian Priest. He pins Priest, but will he have to contend with Damian?
0: Um, not this week, evidently. Yeah, he he didn't... He did not awake Damien, I mean, I think we know the way to awake Damien right It's to like attack him with a weapon or like you know do something really terrible to piss him off and awake the injury I mean that wasn't enough, you know it didn't really damage him. I think you have to strike him in particular like in a spot in the head to awake Damien.
1: I think there's doom coming for Kevin Owens
0: yeah okay maybe yeah really lively crowd i think owens is a spectacular performer so you know even in a match like this the crowd was given a show like he he does spectacular dives um i'm a little surprised i mean i guess i'm not that surprised they gave him the win because i suppose he's going to beat priest but lose to damien
1: you know until he pinned him When one of the announcers said he has pinned the United States champion, it did not even dawn on me that this man holds a title.
0: Yeah, I think I vaguely remembered. So he's going to get a title shot, we think?
1: I mean, this wasn't even a um, a championship contenders match, so I I don't even know if this even scratches the surface of getting into contention.
0: Okay, we'll find out.
1: Sarah Schreiber spoke with Nikki Ash. And she is standing on her own. She's never felt better. She states Rhea Ripley was not the friend she thought she was. She is the one that broke up this team. She is the villain. And it's the closest the people of Tulsa will ever come to having a superhero. And sometimes you have to do what regular people don't understand. And Rhea will realize she needs a superhero.
0: Mm-hmm. Delivery aside, you know, like these these... I don't think these have ever been um, strong suits of of Nikki Ash in the system, but I like the character. You know, this type of delusional superhero is is what I've always wanted this Nikki Ash to be. So we'll see how how far they take it. I I think it's at least refreshed her completely.
1: The Alpha Academy are out to a pomp and circumstance for their graduation ceremony. And... The the latest insult on Tulsa is Gable stating the odds of anyone in Oklahoma graduating are slim. He doubts most of them even have any kind of education. And they're chanting RK bro after Gable continues to insult them. And he presents the diploma to Otis, who Gable notes has no last name we know of. I guess Dozovich was completely erased from the record. Pretty much, yeah. So Otis says that he has reached his full potential and he promises carnage for anyone that messes with them, which is a really nice uh, promise to make. Out comes Riddle in his own cap and gown and he has prepared a speech. Gable interrupts, stating, the audience cannot spare another brain cell, so please stop, and figures that Riddle is seeking a rematch and asks Riddle, can you even define rematch? And Riddle's response is, it's like... When you light something twice, and I guess he was expecting that this crowd was just gonna lose their minds at a marijuana reference, and then he explains, like a candle, like a candle, mm-hmm. yeah, edgy, very very edgy. Huh. Um, man, this uh, nineteen ninety six dialogue is just uh, put put the children so- to bed. We're getting a pot reference.
0: I mean, when I to me, the only way I can really make sense of the rest of this show is when I try to watch it through the eyes of a seven-year-old. And maybe to a seven-year-old, you know, these sort of pot references are scandalous. So I think that would make sense if you heard, you know.
1: The, like, the odds are that wherever that seven-year-old is watching, it's probably legal.
0: Yeah, sure. I guess so. You're right. Is it legal in Oklahoma? Okay, whatever. Who cares? I don't care.
1: (laughs) They agree to a rematch if Riddle can prove his mental aptitude in an academic challenge. And when Gable says this, there is a close-up. They zoom in on Otis's face, looking so scared at the notion that he is going to have to participate in an academic challenge. There will be a series of tests to prove the mentally superior team. And Otis gets so upset at Riddle. He goes after him on the ramp, leaving Gable to get blindsided by Randy with an RKO in the ring. Riddle returns and Orton puts on the other gown and they accept the academic challenge for next week. Yeah.
0: Anytime they announce like something kind of off the wall like this, I mean, I'm I'm kind of met with like a real excited curiosity, you know, like, oh, okay, like this. This is sort of like the the smart gimmick, the guy with the smart gimmick and the guy with sort of the dumb gimmick having to do an academic challenge that that could be interesting. That could be fun. I and think this
1: I, has the, the the chance to be a, an entertaining segment. No, it could also,
0: no, it can't, John. Because anytime you, <laughs> anytime we get excited about these, when we see an execution, that <laughs> it's always the 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 most awful stuff. Like this we, is going
1: to be insane. This is going to be where <laughs> I, in gonna, my mind I imagine it's going to be, be worse than test. that because it's going
0: to be a riddle, John. You yeah. know the level of writing that they give to, to these. But you n- know what, G- Gable
1: Gable has been very entertaining in these in these segments where not, he is not
0: entertaining enough to save it. I have to um, say. Hey, Colby John in the chat saying weed is very legal in Oklahoma. Okay, thank you very much, Colby, for that.
1: All right. Uh, We get a clip of Finn Balor beating Austin Theory last month, and Austin walks into Vince's office. And there's going to be a rematch tonight. Austin explains that he took out Finn Balor and he missed action, which is like a half victory. Vince says there's no such thing as a half victory. And he threatens to beat up Austin Theory if he loses tonight. I'm going to break every bone in your body. And there's going to be blood and snot and broken teeth remaining. And then I'll take my phone. And I'm going to take a selfie. And I'm going to send it to your mom. The positive, okay, the positive, I've been very negative on this Vince McMahon anytime he opens his mouth. Give
0: me the positive, please. Yeah, I understood
1: every word he said. I do not have to rewind this. I heard clearly every word he said, and that is the bar now for a Vince McMahon segment. Did mm. I hear, was he coherent word by word? He gets a pass on that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I then guess there hard. was the
1: rest of it. <laughs> this was him threatening to, uh, I, I mean, he was almost promising to mutilate a man. Which yeah. I don't think they're in that kind of business, so I don't know what he was threatening here. I didn't right. like this this tone of voice. Yeah, this kind of gory. The children, way the children. Yeah, would the advertisers appreciate this? Blood, snot, and broken teeth.
0: You know, I I continue to really wonder what the point of these segments are, other than to maybe you know g- again give airtime to Austin Theory by putting him in, on screen with Vince McMahon. But I. What sort of emotion do you think Vince was trying to elicit here? Was it actually supposed to be fear? Because I, I just, I mean, I got kind of scared, but it was because I was creeped out. These are like, these continue to be the most like creepy segments. You know, imagine your boss bringing you into a room and then talking you in his gravelly voice, threatening to spit you out.
1: Why does he have, why does he have Theory's mother's phone number in his phone? Um, he's got his access to his phone, I suppose.
0: I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what sort of agreement they have?
1: Well, this is um multi camera shoot again. Yes, yes. So, uh, yes, Vince McMahon continues to be um a very puzzling character that exists on these programs. Uh, wonderful video on uh Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Here, this was done to a, a John Legend uh, song and. It's a very nice video. Very nice,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's always on Martin Luther... By the way, happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody celebrating in the States. It's always nice that they take the time to to you know, show videos and recognize it every year.
1: Finn Balor and Austin Theory. This is Balor's first appearance, they noted, since December the 20th. Uh, Theory got reversed and sent into the barricade on the floor. After the break, Theory goes to the ATL, but Balor counters. He misses the coup de grace, Drop kick by Theory and he hits the ATL on the second try and pins Balor. He continues the attack afterward. A third ATL and takes another selfie and tells him expect the unexpected. Yeah. So pretty pretty solid win here for Austin Theory that they clearly have very, very high hopes for. Yes, they do. Yeah.
0: Pin Balor on the other hand. They do not. Yeah, I'm not so sure, you know? Like, I wonder if the Demon would do any better against this this version of Austin Theory. I don't know. He, he, at this point, just feels like a background accessory to this whatever Vince Austin Theory life lesson segment they're cooking up for next week.
1: He is uh, He's becoming Roz Ricochet. Yeah. Schreiber is with Rhea Ripley and said that uh, they could have remained friends. She isn't the villain. And if that's what Nikki thinks, she's delirious. Okay, means that Nikki uh, has some booking experience, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we thought we were. <laughs> I think you've been. Corrupted, Guys, this is all John. I got.
1: Okay, this is all I got on a <laughs> Monday night. Okay, you've been watching
0: way too much of this show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Ash, the match that they dangled for us, but they took away. Queen Zelina and Carmella come out, and they explain that everything they predicted about Nikki has come true, about her being the weak link. Rhea should be thanking them for giving her the push to move on, and that Nikki is a low-class loser. Then, (laughs) I don't know, I probably spent way too much time trying to listen to this line and make sense of it. Zelina says to Rhea, you don't have the guts to be champion all on your own. As she looks down at her tag team championship, you don't have the guts to be champion all on your own. I would struggle to make sense of that if she was referring to the singles title, much less this tag title that she is clearly referencing when she says this line. You are too scared to be tag champion on your own. Is that wait? Yeah, wait.
0: was that what you were saying? Like, are what are, are they? Are you suggesting that we're going to get a, a some sort of rematch?
1: The line was, "You don't have the guts to be champion all on your own." What does that mean?
0: I mean, I t- I took it to, to to mean like a transition to to the singles division. Is that not no? I I I'm not really sure how that would make sense too in this context. Um so
1: she, she's scared to be the women's champion? That's how I took it. Okay. Cuz Zelina's not the singles champion. Um Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Is she saying that like, like you you're you're scared to uh be on your own?
1: But she's not. At all. She chose to be on her own last week. It would be yeah. the complete opposite of that statement.
0: I don't think we're supposed to think this deeply about it. We're Nikki the then- only two people in the world thinking <laughs> this deeply about that line.
1: Nikki just jumps Rhea. The match never starts and they booed Bicky uh they booed Nikki. Yeah,
0: I thought all of this again was really terrible. Um I don't know anybody who would like flip around and like catch the show and decide to stick around. Other than somebody who's like intrigued by the weirdness of it all, you know, like, 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 have you ever like, you know, like when you're watching TV, like flipping through and see, you see like this weird B movie you're like, what the hell is this? This looks awful. I got to stick around. That's the type of fan that I think they're attracting these
1: days. When was the last time you were flipping through channels and stopped on a program?
0: I, I don't even have TV. I don't have cable. So
1: like I never do that. I sit down and I know what I'm going to watch or I'm going to start something from the beginning. I'm never just flipping up and down looking at what's on. Or I got my guide on. I'm not fl- physically going to each channel and looking at what's on. Yeah, I'm
0: assuming like many people don't do that anymore, especially with, you know, on demand and in over the top, the top but when I when we didn't have that stuff i I would just yeah like I would just sit down to quote unquote watch TV not knowing what was even on and I would just kind of flip through and I would find a bunch of weird shit like that including... it's a more
1: interesting discussion about like the idea of you know just television naturally you know creating new fans like how you're finding it versus I think a larger amount of the audience that is not looking for uh it, it, what they're looking for like they are sitting down with an intent to watch and You're not just stumbling upon programs that once upon a time, that was how you were going to, like, probably most of us found wrestling by just flipping through channels and not necessarily seeking it out from other means. It's true.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and what effect does that have on um, advertising dollars?
1: Seven-year-olds that are worried about these weed references.
0: Sure. Yeah. What What effect does that have on a you know professional wrestling trying to garner a casual fan base? I'm not. Uh, yeah. Sure. This. I feel like this, not the place to have this conversation after talking R- about Rhea
1: Ripley and Nikki Ash is the exact <laughs> intersection point for this conversation. Reggie and Dana are getting ready for the match while Tozawa, Truth, Tamina, and a referee are in the back eating popcorn, watching them talk. Her advice is stay away from him, which is. A hell of an advice for a singles match coming up. Omos and Reggie, it begins, there's a cameraman literally right in the ring to shoot the low angle shot as they are uh, going, I I was going to say face to face, but it was more like face to torso. And Tozawa and Truth run out, they get dispatched by Omos, and Reggie leaps off the turnbuckle, is caught, tree slam, and he is pinned in 28 seconds. I will say this about Omos, he's got a good roar. Like where oh, he just okay. yells. Yeah. He's got that down.
0: All right. Um, What would you rank him in the roars in pro wrestling history?
1: Mm, um, cool. He's, he's a good he's, roar. You know, Brock, Brock certainly had a good roar. Braun Strowman,
0: he, he kind of did a, a roar thing.
1: Of recent memory. Yeah. Sort um, of like a lion wrestler. Uh, there's plenty of lying wrestlers, but lie hmm. I don't know. Um, okay, Greatest War, Roaring Hall of Fame. We'll throw it out to the people. Maurice is out for her face-to-face. She explains the Miz is not here tonight. That means he is. And he's got a big mouth and agrees to things without asking her. So Maurice is here to clean up his mess and asks for Beth Phoenix to come out and talk face-to-face, mother-to-mother. So Beth comes out. For a mother and father to mother chat, because Edge is accompanying Beth. She's not going to get uh, hoodwinked here by Maurice. Maurice wants to cancel the match. And Maurice, I thought Maurice was actually pretty entertaining here, playing off of the fans. They were booing her. And she explained, I have the microphone. I can speak louder than you. And she tries to plead with Beth. We came up in the same era. We made the women's division what it is today. And they headline WrestleMania because of our work. We shouldn't be fighting. We should be best friends. Our kids should hang out. We should go for coffee after this and talk it out. Beth tells her, can you please shut up? And she is not buying any of this. The match is not off because she is not going to miss out on this opportunity to team up with her husband And I am going to glam slam your ass through that canvas. And maybe we'll give you a preview right now. And Beth goes to enter the ring when Miz appears to attack Edge on the floor. And from behind, Maurice, who came out with her purse, blasts Beth with the purse. And they reveal a giant brick inside of the purse that took out Beth.
0: Classic, isn't it? Brick inside the... the the purse yeah i I like the physicality in this, you know, I thought it was a good way to continue this for another week, this time giving the heels the round. I thought Maurice was really good, I didn't think Beth was as good, you know i I don't know if like I don't know if Beth ever played like this sort of um character um and i i I don't know if she's necessarily found her voice as this sort of um. I guess, wife character rather than, you know, somebody who's just, who just kicks ass. So, Way.
1: I think I speak for everyone in the Zoom room when I say, can you please <laughs> shut up? This is
0: sort of like a merge between, I think, um, like I mean, physically, you know, she looks incredible and I'm sure in ring she'll per- perform great, but like, it, it's almost like commentary Beth that we're hearing in promo. And I, 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 I don't know. Some of those lines don't necessarily land too well but it does the job you know ultimately
1: the street prophets are in the, this was another great one the street prophets are in the back they're talking about the rumble and Dawkins asks if Ford is going to toss him out and before Ford can answer Ray and Dominic show up father and son and Ray explains <laughs> that the two of us The two of us, me and Dominic, are going to outlast 29 other men. (laughs) So then Dominic says, guys, we are going to toss 29 others out and take the Mysterio name back to the main event of Wrestlemania. And the MVP of this segment was Corey Graves, who would not let this flawed math go unchecked and noted that if both of them are planning to win, they will not be throwing 29 other men out. That is not the numerical number of participants. Well,
0: I'm glad whoever handed them the script, um, you know, decided to let that one go. Um, yeah, that's kind of silly.
1: So, the eight-man tag was the Street Profits and father and son against Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Apollo Crews, and Commander Aziz. Graves kept a straight face, throwing out the possibility of Robert Roode headlining his first WrestleMania. Maybe it's going to happen in 2022. Maybe. Maybe. After the break, they're in control of Ray. Hot tag to Dawkins. Aziz runs in. It's a leaping kick by Ford. Ziggler and Rude get sent to the ropes. Double 619. Then Aziz catches Dom on the floor. Ray knocks them down. And it ends with Dawkins delivering the Spinebuster to Cruz from the heavens. And Ford gets the pin. Fun eight-man tag uh, for the time that they had here. And then the four babyfaces are celebrating in the ring. When Ray and Dominic hatch up a plan and they toss the Street Profits over the top rope, allowing the commentators to announce, let the mind games begin. And then Ray throws Dominic over the top rope and laughs, laughs at Dominic. Dad, we're on TV. I'm going to come at you with hell and fury at the Royal Rumble. This is unacceptable.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. Every year it's it's one of these. And I, I, I suppose Mind two games. weeks in. Yeah, I suppose. I think these are important if it's the first time that you're ever holding a Royal Rumble and your audience has never seen one of these before. You know, just like how in Terminus, yeah, you sacrifice one of these matches to show off the DQ rules, right? Um, you can do one of these, you know, throw somebody over the top rope for no reason on free TV in the lead up to Rumble once but by this point i'm pretty sure every single person watching the show still has seen exactly what a royal rumble is and i think it's about time we get into like can't we get into some of the deeper strategies involved in the rumble you know or at least like just please just treat this thing as if it was like somewhat realistic and i don't know let's be done with like the whole mental
1: mind game advantage dominic you've been holding on to that middle rope all afternoon what are you doing I'm holding on.
0: I would like to see that actually. People practice, you know, holding on to ropes. Sure. Be something novel. Uh,
1: then we got, without question, the best thing on this show, which was our 24 7 style feature for Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, built around the theme of Forge. Mm hmm. Forge way. We got highlights from Webster, South Dakota where they had to dust off footage of Brock from 20 years ago when he allowed them to shoot him on his property and never again since. Uh, University of Minnesota Wrestling, winning the 2000 NCAAs, WWE success, the first run, the UFC, and then coming back, murdering John Cena at SummerSlam, the taker uh, under uh, the undefeated streak. And then we go to Lashley with his wrestling footage, joining the Army, uh, becoming ECW champion. We got some Bellator footage in here and then returning to the WWE. This was five minutes and it was so great. It was great.
0: It was. It tells you everything about them. It presented it as a serious sporting event and gave it a professional big fight feel. No silly angles, no cringy bullshit promos. And the thing is, I I feel like this was probably the easiest thing that they did on this show I mean not to say like you know the editing is easy because they have incredibly talented editors and producers and script writers and voiceover people that work for them but in terms of creative there's nothing to think about here this is their real life and often when you just tell the truth it is the most impressive and drama-filled thing that you can tell rather than I don't know having to come up with like terrible dialogue and how about a fart
1: joke could you have fit that in somewhere here
0: uh, I don't know. Would you put that bef- between the Bellator run and the the WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, I don't
1: know. Maybe the Trump match, which they did not show actually. They only had so much time. They they yeah, had to you know certain things hit the cutting room floor, and unfortunately, uh, the Donald Trump uh, match did, didn't make it into Lashley's illustrious history. Mm,
0: okay, maybe the extended cut. <laughs>
1: The Ms. and Maurice are leaving the arena. Kevin Patrick asks if they want to comment on their vile actions. of uh, sure, we'll take some time to talk about this. And they said it only took one shot for Beth to go down, and they made the grit couple look like the shh. And Maurice covers Miz's mouth because he was going to call them the shit couple. They're the shit couple.
0: Well, you could say shit on cable TV now. Yeah, you?
1: I thought we I thought we've broken down barriers over yeah. the last two
0: years. Hmm.
1: Next week, it's Maurice's birthday party on Raw, and Ms is going to throw the biggest celebration for her. And they just make out as Kevin Patrick stands there awkwardly.
0: He actually left after a while. Well, poor guy.
1: Birthday. So we're getting the academic. Uh, we're getting an academic challenge next week. Miz's birthday celebration and the Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley weigh in, which I promise will be better than the weigh in that we saw last year on Pro Wrestling Television.
0: It was good chance. Yeah.
1: Alexa is back for week two of her journey back to raw with her therapist. And she has warned about her actions from last week. And there are less breakable objects this week. We have a lot of work to do, but when we're done, you'll be well on your road to recovery. So this week we played word association trust. She says, Lily friend, Lily doll. Starts to raise the ire of Alexa, and then he says, "The word that you do not say, imaginary." Mm-hmm. I wish that this segment was a figment of my imagination, but it actually did happen, and the time was up. This is a very short session.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, so so you know these these are going to be a bit slower moving. I sense. <laughs> you know two weeks in i i feel like we've all we've done is really reestablish what the alexa bliss character is is she no going to get a change. clean
1: bill of health next week and be sent to the royal rumble
0: i don't know maybe this therapist is going to you know turn to turn evil turn into oh. the firefly funhouse in a company here i'm not sure but um i you know i i just simply look at these to see if if we'll get any sort of character change from alexa and two weeks in maybe they're saving it up i don't know but two weeks in it feels like they're they're sticking with the same character. So, but it is early. You know, we could be getting weeks of these.
1: Yes. Long road back. Her and Beer. Main event was Bobby Lashley against Seth Rollins. This is 100% a nitpick, but the amount of times that Jimmy Smith, like, not once did I think he referred to Seth or Rollins. It was like Seth freaking Rollins so many times that it's like there's it's like an electric shock that goes down like down my neck when i hear this
0: you know it's it's his direction
1: i understand that but it doesn't mean i don't hear it every single time
0: i mean you're you're supposed to hear it all the time that's how you you're supposed to refer to him as now
1: god forbid if during my regular work week i forgot the man's nickname seth Freaking Rollins! You know, not not many people
0: in the WWE like get their nicknames embedded inside their official WWE names.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: so they they really uh, love fact, that
1: word. Yeah, the, most of them don't get like the you know where it's right on the screen, but many of them it is like a mouthful whenever you have to talk about them.
0: Oh, they're all yeah, they're all full of like you know. Uh, 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 like the dreadlock dynamo kofi (laughs) kingston you know like they're always some what was jeff
1: hardy for a while the rainbow haired warrior
0: sure yeah of course you have what is it The celtic warrior
1: a lot of warriors the scottish
0: warrior (laughs) the you know
1: formerly psychopath then warrior yes he made that transition
0: psychopath yeah um anyway uh, we need a whole encyclopedia of this stuff
1: yeah Jimmy Smith lamented the frustration of being Seth freaking Rollins who just wanted his singles match at day one. Uh, So anyway, they, they go through a commercial break and they come back. Jimmy Smith says, back here on Raw where not too many people thought this would be a competitive match. It's like this this is the guy that's these two are going for your world championships in two weeks. And Corey Graves, who I thought actually was very good on this show, dude, he just got over Jimmy Smith for this comment and just put over Seth Rollins and said exactly that, that this is our this is the guy that's going for Roman Reigns Championship. This is uh our main event. It is very competitive. Rollins works on the knee, hits a dragon screw and a half crab, but then Lashley gets away out of the way from the stomp and hits a bunch of belly to bellies and goes for a spear. It's stopped with a knee strike. Lashley bounces out of the corner and takes the pedigree, but Bobby Lashley kicks out of the pedigree. Rollins then gets stopped on the top, is throwing off as Jimmy is just yelling about Seth freaking Rollins and the almighty Bobby Lashley. The match is going along, and then how are we going to get out of this? Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander have your answer. They show up on the floor attacking Bobby for the DQ, Lashley makes his own comeback, suplexing these two geeks, nailing one into the post, drilling another through the barricade with a spear, and Bobby is okay. Seth watches all of this from the ring when the Usos appear and double superkick Seth Rollins, and the show ends with the camera on the Usos doing the work of Roman Reigns.
0: Mm -hmm. I thought the match was pretty awesome before the DQ... Um, it was a finish that I think maybe we would have expected, given that both men are challenging for the championship. And ultimately, all this main event was there to do was to, number one, fill time, provide, I suppose, a compelling main event for the people that are paying for the show and to promote the, the matches. And this was the the most creative way that they could think about doing both. Just have them running at the end to DQ the match.
1: Raw needs to adopt those Terminus rules because then Cedric and Shelton would be banned from WWE. Wow. Expo, uh, expulsion. Uh, sure, yeah.
0: We we wouldn't get 20 count... We wouldn't get count-outs, period.
1: So that was the end of Raw. Um, Yeah, I, I enjoyed the main event too uh, until the end, but I mean, it almost comes with the territory when uh, you put a match like this together of it's not so much oh, you're so excited to see this match on TV. It's by a certain point, how will they get out of this?
0: If Raw was 20 minutes and you only played me the main event and it cut off before the finish took place, thumbs up show. But when you (laughs) water down that 20-minute main event with just doo-doo, literally... It's just not that impressive anymore. I can't get that excited about any morsel of good wrestling on the show when it's just surrounded by, you know, stuff that is also that is unfortunately not that good. So I um, think I'm trying to be nice here by saying I, I didn't like the show that much.
1: Well, um, there was that video package.
0: <laughs> that was and- good, right? it was good but let's be honest john that's only good because we never see it in wwe that is the type of video package you see on any ufc countdown like you you see it on the on the aew road twos you see it like you see it on the wwe network when they take when like you know they're they don't have their their hands all over creative and you just kind of let the people tell their own stories they're always excellent like what you saw tonight was i would say pretty bare bones in terms of like hey here are the wikipedia highlights of this person's career and we look at it, and I agree with you. It was amazing. But that's only because, again,
1: the rest of it is so bad. Before we end off the show, do you know where you were 17 years ago today? Ooh, okay. So 2005? Yes.
0: January eight eight 17th, 2005? 17th. 17th. Okay, I'm trying to think. Um... So, it would have been... I don't even know if I was working at the Fight Network at that time.
1: Oh, I don't wait, think I was working wait for the a law. Minute, wait a minute. Okay. Then you were not with me on this night. I had it yeah. confused. Okay. So, where I was on this date, uh, I went to RAW on this date at the Air Canada Center. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I in my head, you were with me. But you're right. I wouldn't have even known you at this point. But I came home that night uh, after... Attending Raw at the Air Canada Center, which, by the way, I looked this up, featured a main event of Gene Snitsky versus Kane ending in a no contest. So so we should it. be
0: thankful for modern-day Raw is what you're saying.
1: Well, this you also got Shawn Michaels against Christian. Well, <laughs> Dude, this is just like feast or famine. Batista against Viscera. <laughs> anyway, so I watched Raw. <laughs> I came home, and at like whatever time I got home, one in the morning or something, decided... Oh, that show started tonight on Spike TV, The Ultimate Fighter. Wow. Episode there you go. one
0: of season one. I didn't realize it was following a, a Toronto Raw.
1: It was. That first yes. one. Wow. Yes. So Was that the
0: the first spritz? Was that the Chris Lieben spritz? Or did that's we right have
1: on uh, on Jason Thacker's bed? Yeah, wow. That was that was the first episode. Hey, the combat sports world changed. Completely with that episode. Yeah. It immediately followed Raw on, on Spike. And, I mean, I, I love the episode, like, from the get-go. It was, like, just so novel that you were seeing any kind of, like, UFC representation on, like, a cable network. Mm-hmm. But it was that first big dramatic end when they announced at the end of the show, next week, it's Chris Lieben against Josh Koscheck, And that was one where it's, like, the show ended and you're like, oh, my God, I've got to wait a week to yeah. see this fight. That show was a, like, success. From that moment on, as much as as much as Griffin and Bonner get all the credit, it was like Lieben, Bobby Southworth and Josh Koscheck. That show was a success because of that, that feud on that program. Mm -hmm. And it just took off.
0: Completely agreed. You know, uh, for me, I I was a fan who like, I think I'd always heard about MMA because it was like adjacent to professional wrestling. Like Dave would cover it. The law would cover it. But I had no interest in it because I never got to see it. And it didn't, you know, it just didn't appeal to me. None of the characters I really knew this show like for me at that point in my life completely replaced professional wrestling because it was professional it was it was storytelling essentially you're taking you know what what at that point was a very popular template of reality tv drama and unlike other reality tv shows you actually have a way of paying it off when when you see the two people who are at odds actually fighting each other and you know the byproduct of that, of that you're, is that you're building characters okay combat sports professional wrestling storytelling you're building characters you're building rivalries that could, that are believable and you're educating an audience on a set of rules and um uh moves and fighting styles that ultimately would i mean no pun intended you know create a, a, a just millions of fans you know to to this brand new sport so i i don't think they i mean certainly i don't think they could have foreseen the the amount of success um that you know the show would have achieved but it absolutely changed combat sports and it ultimately i think had much influence in professional wrestling as well
1: it was like following raw was like i a, a, i'm not gonna say like the only reason it but it was a factor like you're mm-hmm. talking a two-hour raw and then you're following this and Let's be honest. By two thousand five, like you, you are going through some years where WWE has declined, and I think you are seeing an audience sort of fade out. And all of a sudden, this thing is thrown at you. And it, it just was for-
0: catered towards adults. It was realistic. It was believable. Of course, it was realistic. The fighting was real, right? So to, for me, it completely like fulfilled what I was missing from pro wrestling. Like, if, at the if time. you
1: were a fan of like mid south or Jim Crockett promotions, yeah. like that show was going to speak to you a lot clearer than WWE in 2005 was go- was going to. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, we we and this is when like there's no MMA on TV. The idea of seeing a fight on cable was totally novel in 2005, and they were able to see that immediate um, effect where. In February, uh, it was the Tito Ortiz-Vitor Belfort fight, and they got a bit of a spike there, and then that much more when the coaches, when Liddell and Randy Couture had their second fight in April, and it was like, we're not just going to attract an audience on TV. These are people that are going to pay when these fighters end up on pay-per-view, and I mean, the rest was history, but that it totally was the game-changer for the company because like, Spike was not even paying for that show. Like the Fertitas, the UFC had to pay for the production. It was like $10 million to finance that season just to get on Spike TV. And it was a game changer for UFC. It was a game changer for Spike. They're able to walk away from WWE around that same time and realize we've got this new brand that we can build this entire network around. So it was one of the most important um, programming decisions like. In my lifetime of watching this, of like just those pieces falling together, and that was you know, the rest was history for the UFC. Do you think Vince looks back at that and and wishes he could have done
0: something about? Not I mean that that UFC was, on?
1: I mean the, the the story that was always conveyed, and it was was Paul Heyman that shared it was, and it's been reported since that like Vince had the veto power that he could have stopped that from airing after Raw. And I I believe that if it was a different time period, if he could look into the future, I don't think he is giving the green light. I don't think he looked at it as anything that, that was going to uh, impact himself. But there was, you know, it's not as pronounced now, but there were certainly several years where I think the decline in WWE's pay-per-view business was fans that were now spending that money on a UFC product every month. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, if if he had the foresight of what it was going to be yeah i don't think he is if he's able to, to block that i i think he would have interesting well that is going to bring an end to rewind a raw so by the way we,
0: we don't have any feedback in case you're wondering
1: yeah everyone's uh they're going back to watch the uh the, the promo right now with uh Zelina vega So that is it. We are back on Tuesday. You can get your questions in at forum.postwrestling.com if you want to submit for Ask Away. That will be out on Tuesday night for all patrons, so check out all of that. And thanks to everybody for joining us live or downloading the show Uh, Tuesday, 1 Eastern. We are live with the Post Daily News Update, and we will speak with you then.